the both the male and female program uh, would be seen as one. Um, and whatever opportunities were there for the boys would be there for the girls as well. Langley has the opportunity to be the hub of of sports, in a sense. Uh, you look around the uh, the Lower Mainland and you go, where is there another stadium like that? Welcome. This is live from Langley, BC, the number one podcast in Langley, where we talk to local Langley residents and business owners about local Langley events and businesses. Today's guest is LUSA's Langley United Soccer Association's very own Mark Parker. He's a technical director there, and I've known him for a while. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's a while, Danny. Thank you very much for the invite. Um, I think I got to know you in 2009, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at when you started to get a gauge. And so 2009, I would have been in grade nine. So what is that? Like 14 years old or yep, so? Exactly. Yeah, working, uh, playing out of uh, the youth academy there. And um, yeah, it was just by chance I was in the area the other day and I saw you walking into the clubhouse and I'm like, hey, I got to go talk to him. I haven't seen you in a, uh, in a minute now. No, I know. That was probably the first time I've seen you since you graduated out of uh, under 18. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, it was fantastic bumping into you. Yeah, it's, and it's great that you still have that, you know, connection with the players because it's been, I mean, I think I played men's league here and there. Wasn't any, like, top-tier level at that point. I think I played, like, Div 1. I dabbled in Prem here and there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't ever on the starting uh, 11 there. And, uh, yeah, it's just like we like we never – so like we never lost time there. Yeah, it's interesting, Danny. You know, um, you 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 make mention about uh, the players remaining in the community. Um, the club right now has fourteen adult teams, um, wow. and you know the players on those are players that we had when you were a kid. Um, and it seems just that they don't want to leave Langley um, for whatever reason that is, right? Um, but really, really cool to see the uh, uh, you know. 2009, the 15-year-old boys now having families and back in the club. Yeah. Um, having little, you know, five and six-year-olds in the club. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I've been, you know, just getting my feet wet, I guess, with uh, not my baby, because she's only 14 months now, but uh, nieces, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my my, my fiancé's, um, I guess, nieces. And uh, I'm just coaching them here and there, right? And it's, like, sparked something up. And I've always... I've always thought about at one point ending up there and I'm going to have to, if I'm going to get my baby girl to actually play, right. <laughs> cause yeah. otherwise I feel like I would be a little bit more hands-on. I'd probably end up as a coach or something. <laughs> right. I, uh, just, uh, I have grandkids in the club as well now. Oh, wow. You know, so, you know, seeing that as a cycle as well, it's, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys have come a long way too. Cause you were telling me too, and I want to get into some of these numbers is, um, first of all, like, how have you found the growth of the club over the last, what is that? It's like 20, yeah, 20 something years. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's been phenomenal, uh, Dan. Um, when I started in 2009, you may remember that we were a boys only club at that time. Um, and I think we were just shy of a thousand players. Um, and over the two seasons now, it's spring and some, uh, spring and fall. Uh, we never really had a spring season when you were a young guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you did your September to March, and then you, you, you had the summer off kind of thing. Uh, but now we've got a spring season. So between the two seasons, we're touching 6,000 wow. um, players. Now, granted, some of them are double-ups that play spring and mm-hmm. um, um, and fall. 
but the number that we uh, that we have right now is just shy of six thousand. Wow, it's huge. It is. It is exponential growth for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, over twenty years or whatever it was, you know, nine hundred to six thousand, and you know, very um, pleased to say, boys and girls, and our female program is is pretty cool. And that's cool to see too, because you know, before it wasn't uh, taken as seriously, in my opinion. And I mean, like. I don't know. I just maybe there wasn't the popularity behind the females program, but now, I mean, like <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, you know the success of the women's national team, um, the uh, the project eight, which is on the horizon for the female uh, professional program in Canada. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, you know that uh, that in itself has to be a you know a magnet for the girls uh, okay. to to join up and start running around a football field. Yeah. yeah. Well, it also I don't know like I don't know what's changed. Since, you know, I was growing up, but they're a lot better. (laughs) And uh, they, I've seen, you know, it's funny how they run around some of the boys. Like I have, like my niece, right? Like she could run around some of the boys. And it's like, that's, you know, people would never have expected that. So I'm glad that we went that direction um, overall. When we went that direction, there was a uh, um, a firm agreement made by the board and the staff Mm -hmm. that, both the male and female program uh, would be seen as one Mm -hmm. Um, and whatever opportunities were there for the boys would be there for the girls as well Mm -hmm. and we've stuck to that and we've got some really really good female players yeah yeah that's awesome well you were talking about the growth of the club was there any specific year did you see like a jump or you got the numbers yeah i do actually (laughs) yeah i brought them with um you know we uh like everybody we took a bit of a, a bump when COVID hit us um, you know, we, I go back five years, we were 2185, um, both boys and girls, and then we dropped in COVID to 1897. So mm-hmm. we lost, you know, 200 players. Um, but right now, I mean, last fall, we ended at 2957. And as of today for fall, September this year, we're at 2571, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're knocking on the door of the exact number that we were, and we still have three months left for registration. Mm-hmm. Uh, the challenge obviously with that comes facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you don't want to say you're capped by facilities, um, you know, and you, you, you chase or you turn um, players away. But that's the reality right now. Um, you know, we, um, is there anything in the pipeline for expansion in that sense? It's um, interesting that you ask that because last Tuesday we had our AGM uh, and our awards uh, banquet uh, over at the Langley Event Center. And during that meeting, uh, the uh, the new mayor was um, supposed to attend, but he got called away to a council meeting mm-hmm. where they just approved um, funds to investigate and come up with a design for a new soccer comp- uh, soccer campus. Um, Bigger than the one that is already. <laughs> I'm not sure what the, uh, uh, the, the structure will be. I'm not sure the number of fields. You know, it's been rumored to be three. It's been rumored to be four. Okay. Um, anything right now will do us. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, you know, to hear that information come back at our AGM was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that will help the community. Unfortunately, you know, it's not immediate. Uh, but, you know, kudos to the council for, for seeing the vision um, and doing what they've done. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember when LEC, the, I guess Willoughby Community Park is what they call it, um, was one just turf field. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing that grow, just popping up all around you and, and not even understanding what was about to just, what they just finished building there, which is um, a what, 6,000 person arena, yeah. right? For the new uh, club, Vancouver yeah. FC. Yeah. So that being said, like, do you think that they, 
Vancouver FC came here because of that, or were they always kind of in talks to to kind of move? To yeah, I think the ownership um, and the owner Rob Friend, um, you know, he he definitely wanted to bring the team to Langley. Um, when the CPL kicked off um, a few years ago, um, and for whatever reason, it never happened, and the the franchise ended up in uh, Langford um, yeah, on the island, Pacific, uh, Pacific yeah. Um, and then when the opportunity came for expansion in the CPL, uh, you know, it was an opportunity for Rob to sever his ties with Pacific, move out this way, which he has. Um, but I think Langley's always been on the on the cards for him. Um, you know, he's a good businessman for sure. And, you know, seeing the opportunity in Langley with the growth that we're going through from both a community point of view, as well as, uh, you know, uh, the club, um, the popularity of uh, football out here. Um, it was, uh, I think, a very, very good decision on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously you might mention to the stadium, yeah. you know, uh, you look around the, uh, the lower mainland and you go, where is there another stadium like that? And immediately you go, Burnaby, you know, Swangard. Uh, but when you look at the Swan Guard Stadium, with no disrespect to Swan Guard, um, you know, I, I kind of like fancy the, the Willoughby. Um, it's, a, it's kind of like an oversized uh, McLeod Athletic Park. Right, exactly. <laughs> with yeah. one grandstand. Uh-huh. And then I think they had some benches across the, the other side. But uh, this is, you know, I didn't even think they could do something like that there. It just didn't look like it could fit comfortably in the way that they've laid it out. Like, I'm impressed. It was, you know, watching it go up because our club offices are right there. And looking out the windows, watching it go up, you know, we kept saying to ourselves, there's no way this is going to be ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you'd come in and be a couple of workums and then a few more and then a few more and then pop, there it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's, great. That's nice. And then the, does the, like, Langley team have access to that at all? Because I think I've seen some, like, youth players or younger players playing out of there unless they have – now an, an academy team. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, um, Langley United, we do have access to that field. Um, it hasn't been taken out of circulation or, or, or rotation from from the township. Um, and um, yeah, we've you know we're using it this uh, Saturday morning from nine till three. Um, and you know just to get the kids on that field, the field's the same, but now it's got the the grandstand around it. It gives it a different atmosphere. Well, I just got like <clears throat> thinking about that and what impact that would have done to, for example, me growing up. Like, I just got uh, goosebumps mm-hmm. when you said that because it's it's one of those things where Langley and I mean Vancouver kind of had it with the Whitecaps. They they kind of came on uh, down the road, but to be able to be in that arena and like locally, first of all, support the home team, right? Um, then you kind of build that passion, and then you take that into your own sport. Um, but then another thing is that you get to play in the same mm-hmm. field that now you're watching these players, and it just adds that other factor of, uh, you know, builds to the passion, I yeah. think. You know, the very first game that they had uh, in the stadium, uh, it was sold out. It was uh, 6,300, I think it was, 6,500. Uh, the very first game, we had little ball boys walk out who were Langley United players. And, you know, just that in itself was, you know, that little kid's probably going, I'm going to be here one day. And then to give them the opportunity to go and run around and play on the field as well, it's uh, it's kind of like a European model coming to fruition. That's the thing, right? We don't have that here. And any like Whitecaps, I feel like are on a different level, so they might not give access as much as because uh, you know for safety reasons, and they have other events there. But to have something so accessible like this, you know, it's something that any young player is going to look at and take advantage of. You know, it's great. Uh, yeah. I'm excited for that, right? To be able to take my my first born and maybe potentially down the road more 
down to the game on a Sunday, like that just that's just going to help build that passion that yeah. you know some people weren't able to experience. But let's be honest, Dan. Who would have thought, you know, five years ago, you'd be walking out onto a football field in Langley at the event center at Willoughby, and it's professional football. Yeah, who would have thought that? Yeah, you know it's crazy. I'm glad they started that that second tier too yeah. of uh, of professional football because it was, you know, like I said, that big gap into the MLS, and then there's no subdivision to kind of get more experience. Right, you either had to grow up playing Whitecaps probably to get up there, yeah. or uh, or get scouted. Right now, it allows you know younger players to get noticed on a different level. And we've had some players from here play on that in that league, I think. Yeah. Any that you can recall, actually, from uh, Langley United? Yeah. Um, I mean, the um, well, we can get to him in a minute, the, the Joel Waterman story. Um, but if I you, think I played with him. Yeah, yeah. You know, if uh, you look at the Whitecaps, and no knock on the Whitecaps at all, you know, they have their goals and they have, uh, you know, their – their needed achievements, but if you look at the um, the volume of BC-based players on their team, uh, having the CPL in Langley and the opportunity for young kids to come through who are bred in BC um, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean Joel Waterman is a, a you know a phenomenal. He was around at your age uh, when you were a, a youngster, and uh, he came through our ranks. He left us and went to uh, one of the other BCSPL franchises because we never had BCSPL at that. At, at that time. And then he moved on to uh, the Whitecaps in their youth program and into, I believe it's Whitecaps 2, it was. And then he ended up at Trinity Western, um, you know, uh, the university there, and he had a great little, uh, you know, collegiate career there. And, um, you know, he always had a burning desire to be a pro football player. And he, he dabbled in the States in one of their lower divisions. And uh, then he got picked up um, by Calgary, uh, the, the Foothills uh, Calgary uh, Cavalry team, uh, playing in the CPL again. And then um, Terry Henry, uh, who was coaching Montreal at the time, went, you know what, we're going to sign this guy. Um, and he's still with Montreal right now. In fact, he's playing in Vancouver tonight in, oh, the, awesome. in the final, in the Canadian Championship final. Uh, yeah, so, you know, then he got called up to the World Cup team um, at the expense of someone got injured. So, you know, fair enough. That's what football's about. Yeah. Uh, he got called up, and uh, he was part of the World Cup team in Qatar, uh, you know, and he's a Langley-based boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the opportunity that comes from – Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there must have been so many opportunities for other players too that at some point if we had a team that they could have also had a similar uh, fate. Um, so I'm excited for the future. Yeah. That's all I can say about that, and that's awesome for Joel. Yeah. Um, Just one more thing before um, we move on. Um, my goal is to have the first Langley United player walk out with – uh, Vancouver Football Club. Uh, I think it's going to be a couple of years down the road, but it's going to happen. I don't. I don't doubt it. There's so many skilled players yeah. out of Langley that, like, I, I remember. I don't know why. Every time, every team we had played on, we always. It didn't. It felt weird when we lost, especially yeah. like we went to provincials. Like we'd always win right. games. Yeah. It just that's that's all I remember. Anyways, maybe that's my memory, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all I remember is the wins and hardly ever like, you know, making it to the finals and not winning anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and that's when every Langley team I played through like youth to men's league to spring, I guess yeah. that, that was mostly in between Langley teams. Um, so yeah, no, I'm excited for the future of, you know, football yeah. in Langley and, uh, uh, crazy to see, uh, what, what's going to come from it. So, um, speaking about Langley, uh, you were telling me though uh, that your youth program has kind of started to flip on you, 
where so many people are, are staying rather than going into the city, I think it was. Yeah. Right. Um, why do you think that is? I think you just look around the communities right now in terms of uh, expansion. Um, you know, Langley is known to be a community that's expanding. Um, it was funny. I was speaking to someone yesterday um, about growth on the North Shore in turn, for the young for the young uh, family. And uh, when the young families are, you know, graduate out of high school and university, they're looking for homes. They're moving into Langley um, um, and the surrounding areas, um, and you know, you look across the uh, the mainland, and there's a number of uh, communities that are in the same situation that uh, they just can't grow. Um, and uh, Langley, you know, driving down 208 and whatever comes with that is uh, fantastic for us as a club. Uh, we just need to get the facilities sorted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's important for sure. Yeah. You, it's funny you say that, actually, because I did hear that in, like, for example, to one extreme Vancouver, right, where it's all developed out. There's no more room for growth. People over there are actually deciding to not have kids, mm-hmm. right? So the average person there, average female there has, I think, 1.1 kids, right? And then you go to Chilliwack, and that number goes up to about three per, like, I think, I don't think it's woman, because that, that might be a lot. Uh, I think it's probably, like, actual mom, right? right? Per mom, you yeah, get 1.1. How they got the point one, I don't know. Right. But uh, basically, it's because affordability and, you know, space, um, they, they don't have that space over there. It's so expensive for families to come in and have that extra room for their kids. So they, it's a, it's a very dog friendly city. Um, but dogs don't play football. So, um, I, I, I'm probably expecting that, you know, they're very well known, um, VMFL, uh, VM football. Yeah. Is that what it is? V, v, uh, Vancouver soccer league. Anyways, <laughs> whatever it is. VSML? Uh, v- yeah. Yeah. Vancouver Metro Soccer League. Yeah. VMSL. Yeah. That's what it was. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that is going to slowly start taking a turn and the Valley is probably going to take over. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I heard some talks about Surrey also putting in uh, an arena, but I think that got shut down. Um, that would yeah. I heard idea. something. Um, I read something uh, on their social media about, but um, a little indoor arena, but I haven't seen anything come through yet. Yeah. Because if you compare that, for example, so Surrey is going to surpass Vancouver in growth um, over the by 2044, they said. So right now we're just outskirts of Surrey. Surrey doesn't have any arenas like that. They have, you know, they have some some sports parks right in Cloverdale, like uh, like Quantland stuff like that. But they don't have an arena right. like we have. They don't have LEC with also other facilities like and stadium stadium they have hockey there they have lacrosse there they have basketball there you know this is a next spot where there's anything available so i think that with that being established all this the infrastructure in place i think that you know langley has the opportunity to be the hub of of sports in a sense well i think with the township and the new leadership that we've got through uh the new mayor um you know his what I understand, his aspirations, his desires, is it will be exactly that. It will be the hub for sport and the hub for uh, entertainment, um, you know. And, um, you know, it will be great to have little eateries around and, you know, um, restaurants that you can walk to from your home um, as opposed to having to drive. But, um, no, it's it's definitely booming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whereabouts are you in Langley? I mean, Willoughby, um, oh. just uh, just down the road from, from the fields, actually. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, which makes it... Uh, 
uh, a great commute. Uh, a jog in there. Sometimes traffic can be a little bit bad, especially with all the construction going on. But I think they're opening up uh, 202 Street for you. So. Yeah, they uh, they put in a traffic light at, uh, what was it, 202 and 68, I think it was. And that slowed me down by a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there's going to be more traffic lights, but it'll also open up more streets to get through. Absolutely. Because that's always a, a hassle in Langley. Um you were so so what is there anything that's that that right now Lusa's working on? I don't know how much you can disclose. This episode, by the way, is probably gonna air in probably like four to six weeks still. So if there's unless you have something that it's in the pipeline for like two weeks from now, right? I can speed it up. So is there anything in the pipeline right now? Any events coming up in the summer, maybe? Yeah, well, we actually, um, this coming weekend is our final weekend for the spring program. So we wrap up. Um, and then we have a couple of teams that are moving on to uh, the various pro- uh, provincial championships. Um, so those will continue. Um, and then, yes, we actually hosting the uh, the uh, provincial championships for the for the B Cup, the Boys B Cup at Willoughby, uh, Yorkson. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, from that point of view, uh, that's going to be a good, um, you know, Langley under the microscope kind of thing. Uh, that's the biggest one that's coming up um, in, the, in the next couple of weeks. Um, after that, you know, we'll take a little bit of a summer break. We do the summer camps. Um, and then we'll get going again in, in uh, early, early September uh, with the, the, the new full season. And hopefully by then we'd have a little bit more direction as to what's happening with the new facilities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because how many – fields right now do you guys have access to is like all the way to alder grove or yeah, yeah we i mean uh, there's loads of fields in langley for sure uh you know we uh, i think we've got 11 turf fields uh, right now uh, but we do make use of the uh, the school district fields um the grass fields you know routley is is one that we use on a um, regular basis uh, the yorks and grass fields which people don't really know about they're kind of like hidden behind the uh, the apartment they're blocks always there. empty they're empty yeah yeah so we use them uh, but yeah, we get use uh, the township are fantastic uh, with with um, uh, giving us fields and that. So we use them f- all the way from you know Walnut Grove right through to uh, Fort Langley out to um, Elder Grove and, and back again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good that you have that variety to choose from, anyways. Because yeah. then that's always the issue, right? You end up with too many clubs, too many people, and you don't know where to put them. Right. Right. So I think that's important. Right. That's yeah. the at one point that is what steered me away from playing when I was younger. Well, transitioning, I guess, was I was like, it's so late. I have to, we were looking at practices around like 9 p.m. It's uh, interesting you say that, Danny, because, <clears throat> you know, people say the drop off rate uh, in football and, and make no mistake, there is a drop off rate. Um, you know, teenagers under 15, under 16, under 17, there's a drop off rate. And they say, oh, well, you know, it's because they've got other interests or you know, they've got uh, boyfriends and girlfriends and they've got school, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I, I honestly believe if you had more facilities and you can get those kids home earlier, the drop-off rate would not be as big as it is. The drop-off rate, as far as I'm concerned, is because exactly what you said. We've got kids training up until 9.30, uh, quarter to 10. Uh, you know, it's, let's say, a 30-minute pack up and go home. You know, you're getting into bed at 11.30 and up for school the next morning by 8.00. Um, so more facilities, kids will be home earlier. Drop off rate will, will not be as big as it is. I always wondered actually, cause I, I rallied through that. No problem, but it was always tough in the morning yeah. for sure. And, uh, now understanding sleep cycles and all of that is 
like you need to be to get up because we were getting up like school starts at eight mm-hmm. and then sometimes you have to get up like seven. I think school starts at eight. I don't remember anymore. But uh, maybe late at seven thirty, you wake yeah. up. To wake up at seven thirty comfortably, you should be in bed by like latest ten. Right. Right. And like, but but you should be winding down from about eight p.m. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you come straight home, like just off the pitch, I don't even like. I'm pretty sure I showered. <laughs> but let's say those nights I didn't. I was still. It was still like your heart's pumping, yeah. like your adrenaline's still going, and even though you're tired, you're laying there with your eyes closed, but your brain on, yeah, and you can't get to bed. You just said, you know, you're supposed to be winding down by eight. We've got kids starting to train at eight, and you know they put in ninety minutes of training, and then all of a sudden they're hungry when they get home. Oh yeah, and then they're going to bed on a full stomach again. You know, so yeah, you got to get them home earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of having, you know, light. If it was light out longer here, I think you could use more of the grass fields. But then the lights are really important. Yeah, we use them in the spring and the uh, early months. Um, you know, but you're right. By you know, middle of September, beginning of October, we we lose light, mm-hmm. and then you got to squeeze them on the turf fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's. Yeah, a few. Uh, you might as well get a scrimmage going between the right. teams at that point. Um, so let's say somebody right now is contemplating watching this. I'm, I'm trying to think of the viewers watching this. Maybe it's somebody from um, from out of town, right? And they're they're thinking about, okay, what, where should I play? First of all, do you take players from out of town, or would they have to be from Langley? No, we take players from out of town. Um, you know, we have a number of um, out of town players. When I say out of town. Just the, like Surrey. The, yeah, the Surrey border is so close to us, yeah. right? And in many cases, Closer the yeah, uh, absolutely, Willoughby's closer to them than than Cloverdale or Newton. So yeah, we do have them. Um, and we do have a couple who come in from Abbotsford and Chilliwack, and uh, we have a couple from Maple Ridge. Um, so we do have them. Um, but if there's one thing uh, that uh, I think should attract people to the club, um, my board, um, and I have a very active board. Um, my board and the staff, um, the, the number one priority is uh, child safety, uh, making sure that the environment that the kids are playing, the game they love, uh, is a safe and fear-free uh, environment. And for the most part, I think we achieve that, but we'll continue to strive to be better. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had any problems, come to think of it, like on any of the fields in Langley. Um, on the other flip flip side, going to other <laughs> other cities – um, I don't think I want to name them, but right. <laughs> yeah, you see some some uh, some stuff going on on the yeah. sidelines. Let's just say that you see some un- unfortunate stuff going on uh, yeah. for sure, um, and you don't want to paint everybody uh, with the same brush. But you know, there are certain clubs that you really mm-hmm. need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. So you guys have a HPL team, mm-hmm. right? Okay, because I, I wasn't sure. Um, so how is that going? Because you guys started. When did you start that? You didn't have yeah, that was, there. that's an interesting one. Um, uh, we um, just wind the wheel back. Um, BC Soccer came in with the, the you, you said HPL, and that's what it was called then, oh, at the High Performance League. Yeah. Uh, now they've uh, rebranded it to the BC SPL. Oh, okay, um, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah the British Columbia um, Soccer Premier League. Um, so when the franchises were made available, uh, you had to meet certain criteria. And one of the criteria was that you um, had boys and girls. And we never had it in those days. So we never applied. Um, but as the years have gone on, our program's grown on both uh, boys and girls. 
um, the opportunity came uh, for us to um, meet what they call the National Club Youth License Standard. You have to meet certain criteria, safety, player safety, um, uh, curriculum content. Coaches have to be certified. They have to um, go through their police records check. Uh, so you check all the boxes and you get awarded the uh, National Youth License. So we got that in, I believe it was 2019. Yeah, we were advised, uh, was it 2018? I uh, can't remember now. Um, anyway, we, we got advised um, that we got it uh, awarded, and that was the middle of December. And we had to have teams ready by February. So um, by then, the majority of the players had found other BCSPL programs. Mm-hmm. So we went, we went ahead with it with the 2008 born groups. Um, and we still have them in the club now. They're at under fifteen, under sixteen right now. Um, but um, how's that going? It's going fine. Uh, we did obviously get stifled with COVID mm. because that was twenty nineteen, I believe it was. So we had a bit of a, a backseat there. And um, just uh, soon after we got going again, um, there was another. You'll remember there was another club um, in Langley. Um, they used to uh, operate uh, under the name the Fraser Valley uh, Premier Program. Uh, they used to run the BCSPL program, and oh. f- for whatever reason, oh, is that one like Langley and Abbotsford mixed? Yes, is that correct. What it was? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that didn't work out for them, and BC Soccer contacted us and asked whether we would take over the BCSPL teams that were uh, left over. Um, and obviously we said yes because we needed uh, a place for the kids to play. We weren't going to turn the Langley kids away. So uh, to answer your question, it's going quite well. Um, we have um, we have 10 teams right now, um, 10,010 born all the way through to 2005. Um, and um, of the 10, um, eight of them are playing in the Provincial Cup final, uh, sorry, Provincial uh, first round games uh, this coming weekend. Uh, unfortunately, there's only two at home on Sunday at uh, 11 and, and 1, and everybody else is away. So uh, fingers crossed we can get through to the next round because it is a knockout. Um, right. So you, you you win, you move on, you uh, you lose, you keep training. I'm surprised that they don't uh, just bring everybody here. <laughs> we right. have the facilities. Right. Yeah. Now, um, they, the, the BCSPL Provincial Championships work slightly differently. The finals are hosted by um, a location. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, it's being hosted by Coquitlam. Um, and as I said to you, we're hosting the, the B Cup uh, for the boys here in July. Um, but hopefully next week, uh, after this weekend, we're still all in the cup play. Yeah, I mean, you have pretty good odds anyways. I hope so. <laughs> um, before we get into this delicious snack lunch, um, I wanted to touch on, because you were talking about the kids, and I recalled that you were always in that you know grassroots, that's your kind of background, mm-hmm. Um, you worked in out of Surrey, I read. And then, so, so what do you think? Like, I don't know what question to ask about that, but I want to know maybe like how important you think it is to, and, and I don't know, something, something about the grassroots, I guess. How yeah. important is it that the you know, kids get a proper introduction and, 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 um, support in grassroots? Yeah, I think it's paramount, um, you know, you look at, uh, I mean, the, the the question that always gets asked to what you call the, you know, the, the best coaches, what team do you want to coach? And the best coach always wants to coach the best team for obvious reasons. And at Langley, we believe your best coaches have to be at the grassroots uh, because that's where the kids get turned on or they get turned off. Um, and, you know, we have Chelsea Hannison, who is our um, leader in the grassroots department, 
um, and she oversees our grassroots development. And um, we do follow Canada Soccer's model. Um, we don't tier uh, until later on in uh, in in their lives. So it's fear free. Uh, there's no tryouts. Um, it's all done through a season long evaluation. Um, so you'll remember the days when we used to say, "All right, we got an under sixteen metro tryout coming up." And yeah, about uh, about I think it was about eleven, twelve. That's when it's yeah got onto the yeah. eleven aside, and you had to try out. Yeah, and and, and you know you you'd recall what you felt like going to the field, and you know if you don't play this one game really, really well, you're probably not going to get picked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always did really well, but I remember the I think the first year or second year of of. Met or Metro, I guess, tryouts. The team I ended up with, the coach, the whole year, first, I just remember it wasn't a fun year. Mm-hmm. And even though we did well, um, I remember that, like, I, I was like, I told my, my parents, I'm like, I'm not playing next year. At um, about, how old would I have been? I can't remember, like, probably, yeah, like, grade six, yeah, 11, 11 yeah. years old. I was like, I'm done. Not yeah. playing more. You know, it's it's interesting the way I look at uh, football, um, and um, I kind of like equate it to an education. So you have a, uh, you know, you you go to school as a, you know, seven year old, eight year old, um, and you spend your your season at school or your school year there. And on the very last day, they say to you, right, Danny, you're going to write this test, and if you pass this test, you're going to be moved up to the next um, grade. You know, um, I look at it as. Well, it's over the year Danny's developed as a player. Danny needs to move up to the next level. Um, and it takes, the, it takes the stress off the kid. It takes the stress off the family. And it takes the stress off the coaches. Um, you know, look at a kid over a longer period of time. It'll give you a lot more insight. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just, you know, you don't want them, um, you know, to come to football and unfortunately, you know, when they drive into to the tryout, as we used to call it, you know, you've got mom and dad going, hey, Danny, you know what? If you do really, really well here today, they're going to pick you. And if you don't, you know what, Danny, they're probably not going to pick you. So there's a bit of pressure put on there as well. Sure. You know, and then you get out and your buddy's there and he's had the same conversation with his mom. And it's like, ah, oh, just take the stress away, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I get that. Because, yeah, you could have, and, like, it happens all the time. Like, you could have a great season, maybe you get injured towards the yeah. end or something like that comes up, and now all of a sudden, because of that performance, like, now you don't make it yeah. through. And that, that looking at that, that that perspective definitely changes things. Because, I mean, growing up, we were always, you know, that was just how it was. Yep, and, it was. And, and now looking at, you know, some, some different uh, forms of sports and then how they have, I don't want to say trophies for everyone, mm-hmm. right? But this is a different, this is like the in-between. It's yeah. not like you're rewarding everybody, but you're giving them an opportunity yeah. long-term to demonstrate their skills. And so they're not relying on that one day mm-hmm. to really, you know, decide their fate, essentially. And and I think that's, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, decide their fate. You know, Joel Waterman, again, I go back to him, perfect example. He got cut from the Whitecaps. Um, he pretty much gave up and went to uh, Trinity Western. He kind of liked to get my education done uh, if I'm not going to be a Whitecaps player. And again, no knock on the Whitecaps. He just wasn't part of their system at the time or not the player they wanted. And then he finished his graduation and he got picked up by Calgary and look where he is now. So, you know, he's got an education and he's a pro. You know, so that's important. That's it important. Is. That's a story a lot of people don't tell. Yeah. It's always the, oh, he was picked from the start then he went mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, repped uh, the national team at 16 years old and then yeah. he went and he got 
uh, picked by uh, signed to like Real Madrid. Yeah. You know, that's the yeah. that's the Joel, fantasy story. Yeah, Joel <laughs> never got picked for one national youth team. Right, he played on our BC uh, provincial teams, but he was. I'm not. I'm not going to say overlooked. It just wasn't his time. Yeah. Right? Oh, I've heard those stories before. Yeah. I had that. I had that. Like, I had. A, a, a few years there where I'm like, oh, that could be me. Right. You know, uh, but then, I, you know, things change. But, um, yeah. you know, what happened was, uh, you know, it was some, some player out of uh, of England that the, he basically went into men's league. Right. And um, at that point, it was kind of like a beer league. Yeah. And then he just switched on all right. of a sudden and worked his way up the divisions. Up. And yeah. he was, I think he was getting signed. He was one of the oldest ever first signs onto uh the, the i guess the epl right um so yeah yeah i mean i'm blessed at langley united i've got two really really good technical staff members with me uh as i said chelsea running the grassroots and azad Polani running the uh, uh the youth program and azad's got a, a saying that he, uh, he he holds very true to him his heart um development is not linear you know it goes and ebbs and flows uh so you know you go through growth spurts you know, I'm struggling right now because I'm Bambi on ice kind of thing. And I can't walk and chew in a straight line. Uh, but you get through your growth spurt and you become back that player that you were. Um, so, you know, you've got to look at those things in, in uh, youth development. That's something, yep. yeah, I, I, I'm enlightened by that because yep. I would have never looked at it that way until yep. now. So, yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, yeah. So I guess if you're watching this and you have kids, you know, that's come to Langley because yep. that's how they, they like to do things. Absolutely. Um, where can people find you on online or yeah. uh, location wise? Yeah, langleyunited.com. Um, uh, that's the uh, the web address. Um, email address is technicaldirector at lusa.ca. Um, uh, reach out, absolutely. Awesome. And yeah. LinkedIn? LinkedIn uh, as well, absolutely. Yes. That's, that's, that's the go to. Every time yeah. I, I don't know, I, I always came across you on LinkedIn of all places. Right. Um, so it's interesting, you know, that LinkedIn because. You know, here I am, you know, um, over the age of 60, you know, closer to 65 than 60. And uh, I, I, I'm seeing all these 15-year-old boys on LinkedIn, but they're not 15 no more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you know exactly. they're 30. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah. coming up on 30 now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's great. I like LinkedIn for that because yeah. it kind of – it draws different – you know, perspectives on, you know, where people are in their careers yeah. rather than just like showing off yeah, like the the highlight reel of like yeah. look how great my life is but it's like okay great but like what are you doing right, with yeah. your life aside from that are you, yeah. where are you contributing and yeah. that's where you can display that on linkedin so it's yeah. kind of you know it helps um showcase that in other sure ways. does yeah. yeah yeah but have you had morenos before you know what denny i love morenos by the way okay okay <laughs> so this, you're not a stranger to morenos what's your favorite uh well uh when, are you referring to the sandwiches oh, right yeah, now? The sandwiches, the but you sandwiches. probably go there for other things. I do, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get to the sandwiches in a moment, um, but they're uh, they're butchery. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I walked in there. Um, oh, probably Saturday it was Sunday. Sunday last week, I said to the wife, "I'll we'll do a barbecue," and I walked in and I picked up two steaks. Oh my goodness me! Which kind were they? They were porterhouse steaks. Uh, they were really, really good. How'd you um, cook them? On the barbecue. But anything, just nope. salt and pepper? Salt and pepper on the barbecue, and away you go. They, uh, they're they really, really good. But their um, their sandwiches are good, for sure. Um, the one that they got a bit of, I, I think it's turkey and brie, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That, was the, that was the third favorite. I think uh, these two are the first two. It's the Soprano. Right. 
and the um I'm blanking. Soprano and the Dan, thank you. The Cubano. Right. So that's always a good one. So let's get into this. Yeah. Just a couple bites. Um, tell them what uh, what you're... Is this one different to what you have? Yes. So I think that one is the Soprano, because the Cubano I know has pickles in it, usually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this is definitely good. Always... Um, very, uh, very meaty. Mm-hmm. They don't spare any meat on these. Um, and then the, the sauces are always perfect. Yep. There's just enough sauce to balance out the meat. Um, this one is the Cubano, I think. So comes with cheese. It's a typical Cubano cheese, ham, and, uh, pickle on there. Mm-hmm. And then the Soprano, that's the bacon one. Right. That one looks really good. Yeah, this is good. I don't think I've ever been into Marino's not seeing a smiley face, by the way. You know, all the staff in there are fantastic. I was talking about this the last time we had Marino's. The way they do their sandwiches is pretty smart. They have them all lined up, ready to go. But when you come in there, you're going to get them pressed. You're Mm going to get them warmed up. In the meantime, what are you going to do? You're going to have a little walk around. Right. And what do you come across? Mm-hmm. Their entire deli section and everything just looks amazing. And you're like, should I just go home and make this? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Because, yeah, every time I go there, my mouth starts watering before I even eat because I go and I have a little stroll right. through the display section and see what they have. Um, have you had their Maui ribs? Maui, I've, I, I love Maui ribs. I haven't had theirs. Do they, like, season them any specific way? They've got a real good Maui marinade on them. Oh, yeah. Well worth a try. My ribs are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're easy to, to just throw on there. On the barbecue. Mm-hmm. You can't really mess them up. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those because there's such fine amount of meat on mm-hmm. there. So they're usually in and out pretty quickly. Yep. And then you don't uh, like you don't have to deal with an undercooked Maui rib ever. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. You can have a taste of that other one too. I will. But, um, we'll wrap things up. Make sure you go check out Moreno's. This is the second time we've had them. Um, I called in, told them to get it ready for me. Otherwise, like I said, you're kind of, you kind of uh, get some, uh, what's it called? You start to, you start to want to buy some other things. Yeah. Let's just say that. Impulsive buying. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Thanks very much for watching. If you haven't already subscribed, if you have any questions for Mark or Lusa, make sure you message them online. Um, They're on Instagram and, and LinkedIn. Um, or comment down below, and then I'll pass that information on to them. Um, if you have kids, bring them to Langley because I'm a prime example of what comes out of Langley uh, with with their their football program. So, um, yeah, thanks again for watching, and I'll see you on the next one.